I just want to welcome Gil Gross to the Drive Time News here on KFGO. Hi, Gil. Hey, Jack. How are you? I'm very well. I love, I love, it, when, I love it when you do that, uh, do those shows. I uh, admire your work a great deal. And I'll, I'll just tell our listeners again that Gil Gross is very well known uh, in the broadcast field and beyond. And, and he was the man who was called upon to uh, fill in when Paul Harvey died, he's that good, and his only well, not when he, not when he, not when he died. When Paul was alive, uh, I filled in for him for oh boy, uh, twenty years, and um, there was one six month period where Paul's throat went bad, yeah. where I was doing it the whole time, and that was strange. But you know, it was Paul, so people stuck with it uh he he thanked me for not chasing anybody away which is <laughs> one of the great compliments of my life what uh i'm really looking forward to the uh the special again uh, that you do yeah what are some of the subjects that uh, you'll be covering on memorial day there's there's a bunch of things and we always worry every year we do this i think the sixth year we've done one of these three-hour shows it's like oh my gosh is there anything we haven't done and it turns out there's plenty so one of them is uh, with Patrick O'Donnell. Patrick O'Donnell wrote a terrific book, uh, and I recommend it because, you know, in a 15-minute interview, you don't have time to really get at everything, called The Unknowns, The Untold Story of America's Unknown Soldier, and World War One's decorated heroes who brought him home. And, you know, the fact that there's a Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, now Tomb of the Unknowns, I think is well-known, but... What is not well known is that it was General uh, John Blackjack Pershing who picked the people who would escort him home. And what was fascinating about this is he picked all of these war heroes. And these are people whose names we know but are now forgotten, people like uh, James Dell and uh, Samuel Woodfill and others. And these were all people who did extraordinary things during World War One, And their stories are mostly forgotten, and you'll hear them uh, on the show. Uh, people like uh, uh, Lieutenant uh, Woodfill, this was a guy who got hit with uh, mustard gas, inhaled a face full of it, and uh, he couldn't breathe. It, mustard gas sucks the air from your lungs, and it makes your vision horrible, and he's gasping for air crawled out of a shell hole, hoping just to get some air, and uh, he ended up at a German machine gun nest. And somehow, unable to breathe and barely able to see, he managed to kill six enemy soldiers as as his unit charged forward. It was uh, It was an amazing thing, especially when you consider the fact that a lot of the people at his side uh, were disintegrated. And I do not use that word uh, in in anything other than its sad, true meaning. And so the whole group of people who brought the unknown soldier and how that particular soldier was picked, there were 2,100 unknowns from World War One, is a fascinating story. So that'll be one of the stories we'll tell. I think I heard on a, a promo that you provided us that are you going to be talking yeah. about women in the uh, in wars as yeah. well? Yes, uh, specifically World War II. 
And the reason we're doing that is there is a uh, new monument in Washington, D.C. There's been a women to the uh, monument to the women of World War II, the Rosie the Riveter Monument, in Richmond, California, which is just northeast of San Francisco. But it's one of those places, it's kind of off the interstate, it's it's not a place a lot of tourists go, which is too bad, because it's a, it's a nice little museum honoring the women who, they built two-thirds of the war machine. I mean, when you think about it, nobody, including anybody in the United States, thought we could turn out the number of tanks and aircraft carriers and everything that was turned out, especially after the disaster at Pearl Harbor. And we did it, and much of that work was done by women who went to work. These were women who, because women, for the most part, did not work in those days, had no experience, certainly not in shipyards, actually building things. And they built the war machine. And it's another kind of unknown story, because when the men came back home, these women went back home. And um, even though we lost, unfortunately, their experience and everything. So we'll tell their story, too, because it's an amazing part of World War II, and without it, we would have sent all those guys overseas, and they would have had you know nothing in their hands, and there'd be no tank to be in, no carrier to serve on. So it's a great story. My mother's job in World War II, she was no Rosie the Riveter. Uh, she was a little bitty thing, but she, uh, she was a, a part of a unit that drew the lines on the periscope uh, it, on submarines, you know, when you, look, ah. you know, that was, that was her job. She said it was no big deal. And I said, it was a big deal to somebody, mom, believe me. So, uh, absolutely. And a lot of the people, Jack, that we talked to and that, uh, uh, were talked to by people who were investigating this story were people who had no idea what their mothers and grandmothers did until they were doing something like driving by a shipyard and suddenly grandma, who you just knew for, you know, making dinner and bringing up kids goes, Oh yeah, I worked in a shipyard, and everybody in the car goes, "You what?" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. Well, all of your stories are on these specials. Uh, what other themes do you uh, follow through on? I mean, whenever we do these specials, since Memorial Day is the beginning of the summer, we do you know some summer recipes, barbecuing tips, and things like that. But if I have time, just to even yeah. tell one more story very quickly, please. Um, I had a friend, unfortunately, he he died of, of COVID, but on the other hand, he was just short of his 96th birthday, who was um, a New York television star for many years. And we had become friends um, just personally, almost having nothing to do with the business. And, and we met for lunch all the time and everything. It's just a fascinating guy named Sonny Fox. Oh. And Sonny one day is telling me this story. Sonny had been a POW in World War II. Um, his, uh, his people, a lot of Americans, uh, surrendered, which always bothered him, wasn't his choice, uh, at the Battle of the Bulge, which started out as a disaster for American troops. We, we turned it around, but it was one of those things where we thought the Germans didn't have the power to pull off something like that, and they took tons of American prisoners. So Sonny ends up in a POW camp with a lot of Americans. And at one point, the Germans want to, especially as they know they're losing, and both the Russians and Americans are headed their way, they want to separate the Jewish-American soldiers to either be held for ransom or, or killed in retribution. And this German major comes in front of the POWs and says, you will bring out the Jewish-American POWs. And this amazing 
Master Sergeant uh, Roddy Edmonds says we're all Jews. And and the, the Nazi major goes, you can't all be Jews. He said, we're all Jews. And the major puts a Luger to Edmonds' forehead and says, you will just have the Jews come out and, and they will march with us. And Edmonds again says, they're all Jews. And even with the Luger at his head, Edmonds goes, look, you can kill me, but there's going to be a lot of witnesses the war is almost over, and there will be trials. And the chairman, after staring at him a while, puts his gun down, and, and he and the other German soldiers run from the camp. Uh, this story was completely unknown except to the POWs there, who shared it among themselves. But when one of the POWs, a guy named Lester Tanner, was interviewed by the New York Times about his POW experiences, he mentions Edmonds. This is the thing. You'll hear from Edmund's kid, as, as well as Sonny and Tanner. Edmund's never told his family when he came back about this incredible bravery of his. He passed away years ago. His son is a uh, pastor in Kentucky. And until that, that pastor's son saw a reference in the New York Times to his father when he was doing some research, he had no idea this happened. Eventually, Edmund's is given... You know, tons of medals and decorations, all posthumous. His wife, his kids knew nothing about this. Um, and, and, you know, it's representative not only of what he did, but just a lot of acts of bravery that are not recorded. So we'll have that story, too. You'll hear from Edmund's son. You'll hear from Lester Tanner. You'll hear from Sonny Fox. So it, it, there's, a, there's a lot on this special. Yes, there is. Thank you very much. And I hope we can do it again on another holiday or just sometime when you've got an extra minute. And I have a lot of extra minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, we got a July 4th special coming up in a month, Jack. I'll talk to you then. Okay. I'll call you, man. I got your number now. Thank you. Gil Gross.